listening to Spitball with Adri Ballhawk Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to this week 10 episode of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows, and joining me as always is my co-host, Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm not too bad. A little bit soggy. Very, very wet down here. Guys in sunny California, please come save me. Come take me away. Bring me bring me to your lovely sunshine. Yeah, that's what we've been experiencing, a bit of the old Marcus Gale-style weather, haven't we, really? It's been awful. Thank God this football to cheer us up. Indubitably. And with that said, join us after this short break for our quickfire roundup of the Week 10 action. <laughs> The Super Bowl is defined by spectacular plays, and those that have the longest staying power are often the longest runs. From time to time, for some teams, lightning strikes twice. He's gone! He's gone! He'll hand off to Smith. Timmy Smith! As time passes, those plays and players grow in stature. Throughout Super Bowl history, familiar faces have risen to the moment. Even if it means rising and running in the opposite direction. Now, with another super stage on the verge of being set, who will join them in a run for immortality? We start this week's quickfire roundup with Thursday Night Football, which saw the new colour rush Nike jerseys as the blood red Bills took on the neon green of the New York Jets. The game started really slowly and it wasn't until the second quarter that this game showed any signs of life thanks to an interception from Corey Graham off a tipped pass from Brandon Marshall. Bills in great field position but they could only come away with a field goal. On the ensuing kickoff though, Bakari Rambo managed to force the first of his fumbles as he knocked the ball out of Devin Smith's hands and Duke Williams returned it for a touchdown putting the Bills up 9-3. Rambo went on to have another fumble recovery as the Bills built up a 22-3 lead. Jets would not go away and managed to pull the score back to 22-17 late in the fourth quarter, but Rambo came up big again when it mattered, getting an interception to seal the victory. Buffalo 22, New York Jets 17. Down south now and it's Carolina at Tennessee. And Carolina in the driving seat as the NFC South met the AFC South. Cam Newton showed why he should be MVP caliber as easy win for the Panthers means they stay perfect. Carolina win this 27-10. Jacksonville versus Baltimore now and this game just ebbed and flowed beautifully back and forth with both teams scoring big touchdowns and getting takeaways. The Ravens managed to get that go-ahead touchdown with over seven minutes to go in the game, giving the Jaguars plenty of time to score. Or so you would have thought. A couple of exchange puns later and we get to the real drama. With just over one minute left in the game, the Jaguars got the ball back and had one last chance to make the ground for that winning field goal. Bortles had the game on his shoulders and he made one pass with time running out that proved to be key. Not because he completed the pass, however, but because the Ravens got called for a face mask penalty. Set up the Jags in great field position and they went on to kick the winning field goal with no seconds left on the clock. Jags win 22-20. 
New Orleans at Washington and Kirk Cousins had a perfect day as the Saints defense didn't show up in the capital at all. Breeze, uh, Brandon Cooks, however, showed potentials with two touchdowns, but it was Washington who put up 47 to decimate New Orleans and stay in contention for the NFC East title. Washington win this 47-14. Detroit versus Green Bay now and like the real action, I'll start in the second half. Second half started with a bang as Amir Abdullah returned the kickoff 104 yards for Detroit but he got stopped just short of the end zone. Ouchie! Three plays later, Matthew Stafford completed a touchdown pass to Brandon Pettigrew to put the Lions up 9-3. Matt Prater then stepped up to kick the extra point but he sent it sailing wide of the posts. Unbelievable, Jeff. Detroit kept playing hard, however, and were rewarded with a field goal before Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay on a scoring drive to make it 12-10 in the fourth quarter. Into the closing stages now, and Detroit went further ahead thanks to a touchdown from Lance Moore. But again, Prater missed the extra point, leaving the score at 18-10 and giving Aaron Rodgers the one thing you don't want him to have, and that's hope. Rodgers pulled the score back to 18-16 but would miss the two-point conversion. Green Bay, however, recovered an onside kick, got the ball into field goal range, but Crosby now missed a big one and the Lions went on to win 18-16. Minnesota at Oakland. Adrian Peterson was back to his best with over 200 yards and a touchdown. The Vikings defense held an explosive Raiders offense and mistakes at crucial points killed their game for them. This win puts Vikings nicely atop the NFC North with a huge game against the Packers this Sunday. Minnesota win 30 points to 14. Eagles versus Dolphins now and the Eagles took the early lead with a touchdown reception from Josh Huff which was quickly followed up by a safety on Ryan Tannehill putting the Dolphins further behind. Dolphins have now given up a safety in their last three games. Back to the action now and the Dolphins managed to claw back into this one and found themselves with a 20-19 lead late in the fourth quarter. The Eagles with time to spare got the ball within scoring distance and on consecutive plays found the end zone. Only the first was ruled an incomplete catch and the second was pulled back for offsetting penalties what did the Eagles need to do on the next play after needing just that field goal to take the lead classic Mark Sanchez turned up and threw an interception in the end zone Miami held on to a fragile lead and came away with a 20 to 19 win Kansas City at Denver now and Peyton Manning goes 5 for 20 with 4 interceptions puts a black cloud over a record setting day and gets himself replaced by Brock Osweiler amazing Kansas City performance however don't doubt them for that as they break a 7 game losing streak at Denver they go on to win this one 29-13 back to the AFC North as the Browns took on the Steelers and Landry Jones was starting at quarterback for the Steelers because of an injury to Roethlisberger Roethlisberger however was suited for this game. The game started close but turned when Jones went off injured and had to be replaced by Big Ben himself. The Steelers really grabbed this game by the horns when he came onto the field and hit big plays to Bryan and Brown and that led the Steelers onto a nice easy win 30-9. New England at New York Giants. <laughs> a highlight reel of spectacular catches and throws tonight with Manning to Beckham and Brady to Gronk. Missed opportunities uh, by the New York Giants to close out the game. Allowed the Pats to boot a 54-yard field goal to win the game. New England managed to sit there and stay perfect, but it was a tight one. New England win 27-26. to 26. 
Rams versus Bears now. Marcus, I can understand if you want to close your ears for this one. Todd Gurley got the score and started early, and this was followed up by an 87-yard touchdown pass from Cutler to none other than Zach Miller, who you may remember from his one-handed catch last week. This was a sign of things to come as the Bears found more big plays, this time from rookie running back Jeremy Langford, who had a big reception on a screen pass. The Bears continued to dominate despite Jeff Fisher's best attempts to spur on his team. Jay Cutler was playing like a top-five QB, and the Bears went on to win 37-13. to Arizona at Seattle and the late night Sunday game, a tight contest between these NFC West clashes as Seattle came back from a 19 point deficit to make this a very close game in the fourth quarter. However, Andre Ellington back healthy and shown how he means it with a 48 yard touchdown run sealed the game for Arizona. Arizona win this 39-32. Dallas versus Tampa Bay now in this game was just pure ugly from start to finish. In fact, I don't think I've seen a game this bad since I went to my first game at Ralph Wilson Stadium and watched the Bills lose 6-3 to the Browns. Anyway, back to this game now, and Mike Evans had a big receiving day with 8 receptions for 126 yards, and despite it being a really bad game, it came down to Jameis Winston with 1 minute left on the clock. From 8 yards out, he scrambled out of the pocket and took a big leap over a Dallas defender for a touchdown, or at least it would have been had he not dropped the ball. Dallas kept the game alive, however, as on the same play they were called for a penalty, giving the Bucks another chance to get the win from 6-3 down. This time, Winston would oblige with a 1-yard scramble into the end zone, and the Bucks went on to win 10 to 6. Monday night football now as Houston came into Cincinnati and TJ8 breaks Bengal hearts again. See the 2011 wildcard game to see what I'm talking about. Well, as magic catch from DeAndre Hopkins is enough to split these teams, much like the previous game, as the Cincinnati offense fails to get the ball rolling all night, looking really woeful, breaks their perfect season as Houston win 10 points to 6. For me? That's right. Oh, wow. An orange peanut? Well, I accept you. You are listening to Spitball. We come on now to our weekly musings, and this week I want to start with the Colour Rush uniforms I mentioned earlier in the show. And there's been quite a lot of banter on Twitter about this because it didn't seem to account for people with colour blindness because both uniforms on show were red and green. And of course, a lot of people with colour blindness can't differentiate between red and green. So, Marcus, bit of a schoolboy error? Don't get me wrong, I thought they looked sick, but um, you got you got to consider these things now. I mean, you're in a global age of television and stuff like that, beaming sort of Thursday night football out to a million or so people. There's going to be a couple of them can't see that, right? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's something like 8% of the population suffers from colour blindness. So, I mean, it's something that it seems trivial, but at the same time, you would have thought people are paid money to think about things like that. Um, on the same note, though, I do agree with you, and I really do need to get myself one of those red bills tops because I thought they looked amazing. Really, really suited it. And I guess that's kind of how they saw it. They were seeing it as this new uniform. And I know that what you call it since the um, rebranding, would you put it, of the, of the new Nike stuff, I know they've looked to try and get more uniforms like the college does. You know, they get lots of different um, variants. Um, I, I know we've seen already this year, we've seen the 49ers go with their blackout uniform. Um, I do actually rather like those blackout uniforms. I think they look smart too. But yeah, I mean, someone's got to be there sitting there going, right, guys, have we just ticked, before we actually 
tell both teams to bring these two uniforms, we're just going to make sure that these clear all the checks. Yeah, 100%. But we'll leave that there for now. Marcus, what do you have, my friend? Now, we're well over halfway of the halfway of the season now at this point. So now I'm looking at the race for the number one pick. We've got six teams with two wins. No one's got less than two wins. And we've got a couple on three wins. And now it's sitting there. Who needs the number one pick the most? You guys can play this game at home as well. But Adri, we've got Cleveland, Tennessee, San Diego, Detroit, Dallas, and Baltimore all on two wins. Who needs the number one pick the most? Ooh, that is a good one. You know what? I may uh, go controversial here and say Baltimore because Mm. Baltimore needs something to pick up that defense for a start. And if they can't get something on defense, then they certainly need a big wide receiver or a big target for Joe Flacco to aim at. They've got Justin Forsett in the run game if they can keep hold of him. Um, their, their O-line's pretty reasonable, um, although Joe Flacco may not think so this season. Um, but that's something they can work with. Flacco just needs an out because Steve Smith Sr. is obviously retired now or going to be retired come the end of the year. And they really don't have anyone else who can fill his shoes. And that was proved this week with the loss. I think that's a great choice. Me, um, I'm going to throw a little span in the works. One of the uh, teams close to the, the edge with three wins, you've got the 49ers and Jags. Number one pick, I think, 49ers need it. 49ers need to reassess what they're doing. Um, they need to have a look and see what they're going to build this franchise around. If you're going to make it Colin Kaepernick, great. Make it around him, find the pieces he needs, maybe a number one pick to make him work again. If he's not your guy, use the number one pick to bring someone in who is the guy. Sorry to all you 49ers fans out there, my next comment, but... The question was, who needs like a first round pick? 49ers need about 11. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, 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 as a Rams fan, I approve of this joke. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm going to come on now to my next question, uh, and it's for you, Marcus. Ooh. The Bengals lost this week. Was this yes. a one-off loss? Or now the pressure is on, do you think they will fall into the playoffs in that they'll only win a couple of games and, and lose sort of the last three or four going into the playoffs? You know what? Actually, this was actually going to be one of my weekly musings, but I dropped it for the number one pick instead. I've actually found it's quite interesting. Go back a couple of weeks, we had quite a few undefeated teams. Now, since those teams that have actually lost their undefeated status, Green Bay, Denver, um, now Cincinnati, but uh, Green Bay and Denver, since losing the undefeated status, have gone on losing runs. Yeah, they have, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. You think about it, you know, Denver's now 7-2. and two now. Green Bay have lost um, three in a row now, but uh, Denver, exactly. I think, have only lost two in a row. They're only lost two. Yeah. So basically, you're now sitting there going, Cincinnati, are they going to join that trend and lose multiple games back to back? Or can they be one of the teams that can go, whoa, guys, guys, Monday night was not great. Let's uh, let's get back on this winning track. Because I think really Green Bay, you've already seen what it's caused. It's caused Minnesota to go above them. Denver are quite lucky with the fact they've got San Diego doing nothing and Oakland and Kansas City sort of milling around sort of looking at around about I think probably eight and eight seasons by the end of the year so they're probably going to still be safe but for someone like Cincinnati who got uh, Pittsburgh chomping at their heels now I think six and three as well they can't afford to go on a slide no and they've got a very difficult game next week against the Arizona Cardinals so that's not exactly an easy walk-off win for them is it so I don't know I think they are going to go on a bit of a losing streak and if they do make it into the playoffs it's not going to be they're not going to be the team in form, I guess is what I'm trying to say on that. But we'll move on from that. And what else do you have, Marcus? 
Uh, my last point I've got is we noticed this this week with Peyton Manning reaching his milestone achievement of most yards, which, to be fair, kudos. That's amazing. Please retire. My point is I think there's times we see this a bit where players are outstaying their welcome. Like they say about a- aging gracefully, retire gracefully. Know when your time is done. Know when your amazing career is hit its swan song and go out on top. You know what? If you probably wanted to, Indianapolis or um, even Denver, they'll probably keep you on as quarterback coach if you want, mate. you probably got six figures right there. Six-figure salary you can walk straight into as QB coach or, or go back to Tennessee and I'm sure the uni will have you. For one last point, I just want to quickly finish off with because, again, we're running a bit short of time. Will Rob Ryan be fired at the end of the year from the Saints because of how badly that defense is playing? Or will they have a complete clean out and get rid of Sean Payton as well? That defense was playing? Apparently. Oh, oh! I thought they were just letting um, Washington score. Um, yeah, no, I think that might need an entire gut rule. Get the, um, the broom out and have a big sweep out of um, the entire coaching staff. I mean, the thing is... You know, we've seen this year that the offense can play because they put up some great numbers. I mean, you saw the shootout against uh, the Giants, but the problem is if you're saying to your guys, right, defense can't play, so guys, if we want to win this week, we've got to score 50 points. 50 points in the NFL. That's not happening every week. I mean, I, I, I haven't had a look, but I'd like to actually see how many teams have got over 40 this year. I don't think it won't be considering how many weeks we've had and how many games are played. The 40-point margin probably only been breached maybe half a dozen towards, probably not double digits, maybe six, seven, eight times this year. You look at this week, um, I think this week is pretty much just Washington is the only team to go above 40. Fair enough. Well, I think we're going to leave that there because we both seem to be in agreement. I think at the end of the year, there's going to be a complete clean out in New Orleans and they may even end up with the first round in the draft next year for a new coach to to play with so to speak well when we come back we will have our and of course our impact players who are you i don't even know your name what's your name turn around let me see your name turn around let me see your name turn around i don't know you bro you're having one of those days hey baby you're having one of those days i say that to say this and you wouldn't did what you would have did then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got that just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Jeez. I can't face with this glove. I'm a teeth. I think I trim my tooth. I wish I had some gold so you can bite me some teeth. We come on now to our weekly impact. Players. Anna. After last week's shenanigans, I think I'm going to be bold and step up first on both of them this week because I don't want to be the one to have to think on the spot this week. So I'm going to start, <laughs> yeah, you scoundrel, Marcus. I won't forgive you for that gotcha. last week. <laughs> Making it look like you know more than I do. It's outrageous. Anyway, I'm going to start with my impact. Player. And this week I've gone with Ben Roethlisberger because I thought... He came off the bench and he turned that game around for the Steelers. He made a massive difference and finished the day with 22 out of 33 passes, uh, 379 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick as well, but to be honest, it didn't really matter. And it was a really close game until he walked onto the field and showed what a big impact he has on that offense. Yeah, I think I agree to that because you've got to think about the fact that 
yeah, he suited up, even though he was in tremendous pain or, or, or something like that. Because let's face it, with Michael Vick pull, pulling his hamstring or whatever it was, I can't remember, they basically had as their number three quarterback, Heath Miller. Yeah, exactly. So, way to step up to the mark. Definitely deserved my impact. Player. This week is another QB. This one is going to go to Kirk Cousins. Quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Well, 20 completions out of 25 pass attempts and 324 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, for me, not just the yardage that you put on, because again, we've said how bad the Saints defense is, so it's almost like shooting for fun. However, at the same time, you've got to sit there and go, he's worked his job this year and he's, he's fought for the, the starting position and people have doubted him, but he has made an impact coming into the league and definitely for that Washington team he fits the system he looks good in it he's got pieces around that can actually perform for him but he looked composed in the pocket just what he needs to to, to move forward I mean they're four and five they could fight for for a top spot so use this as a springboard fair play Kirk Cousins let's see a little bit more from you we come on now to our and this week I'm going with Arizona over Cincinnati. There was a reason I mentioned that game earlier. Going with 60 to 40 in favour of Arizona, so by about seven points. I just can't see Cincinnati picking themselves up. It's a short week for them as well, obviously having played on on Monday night. And to go through the pain of that loss to such a bad team, I don't see them turning it around for a very high-powered Arizona offence. It's going to be interesting. I, I think it's difficult once these undefeated teams sort of lose that title we'll see well you haven't busted my swing this week so you don't get your revenge for my uh my pick this week is green bay over minnesota yes i uh too i sort of led up into this earlier about talking about stopping the rot and they will stop the rot this week um and i think they're gonna have to do it quite convincingly and they will uh, I'm going to go for a nice 65 to 35, you know. Teddy Bridgewater still not himself after that concussion. Stop Adrian Peterson and you guys can have yourself a nice sort of 20-point win here. So Green Bay, 65 to 35, 20-point swing. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from us for another week. All that remains is for me to thank my amazing co-host, Marcus. Oh, no, it's great, mate. I love doing this each week. And also thank our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. Don't forget, we are downloadable on iTunes and our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. And if you want to get in touch with us, remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. You can also contact us on Twitter at Adri Mallows, at Ballhawksnest. And of course, at Marcus underscore innuendo. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. Ballhawksnest.